I'm Anthony Pastore. Welcome to UBS On Air. Nicole Sebastian is a senior strategist within the Family Office Solutions Group, or FOSG, representing the Family Advisory and Philanthropy Services team. The mission of this group is to serve as a thought partner to exceptional families. We understand that your family's needs extend beyond the purely financial, so we take a strategic and sustainable approach to managing your wealth for continuity. This team works with UBS financial advisors and their clients to clarify and articulate your shared values and goals, to bridge the gap between generations to perpetuate your family's legacy, and to develop a well-thought-out plan to support your family's goals and philanthropic aspirations. So on Nicole, she's been with UBS since 2014 and first joined to establish and launch with UBS Optimist Foundation presence in the United States. Together with our financial advisors, Nicole is helping UBS's most philanthropic clients from the Americas, from Alaska to Argentina. Speaking several languages and having an international background certainly helps Nicole in her daily conversations with our clients. She has over two decades of experience in the nonprofit, philanthropic, and corporate sectors and brings a wealth of knowledge in nonprofit management, corporate and nonprofit governance, fundraising, performance assessment, leadership advisory services, and policy research. She also serves as an adjunct professor at NYU Stern School of Business, now for seven years teaching a course on nonprofit governance. She's a part of the UBS Global Philanthropy Services team, which consists of over 50 team members who are based across the world and work directly with UBS's most valued clients, helping them, in short, to achieve their philanthropic aspirations. So, Nicole, after that, I'm so happy to be with you. It's so nice to hear your voice. I hope you're doing well, and thanks for joining me. Thank you so much, Anthony. It's really great to be with you today. It's great to be with you too, Nicole. So let's start because with over 1.5 million registered nonprofit organizations in, in the United States alone, I can imagine it would be easy for donors to feel pretty overwhelmed when deciding which causes and which organizations to support. So how do you even begin to help clients with this question? What, what are the first things that they should consider when they're thinking about this? Thanks, Anthony. Great questions right from the start. Um, So let me start by actually building on that opening remark. Um, In addition to there being so many nonprofit organizations, many have similar missions, so it can be difficult to choose which ones to support. And even once you've chosen, it's difficult to measure the impact that your donation is making. Another consideration is that not all organizations can be evaluated based on the same criteria. An organization that provides research dollars to scientists seeking a cure for a rare disease requires different cost and funding structures than one that provides comfort or support services to people suffering from that disease. Similarly, a nonprofit that feeds hungry children in a small rural community will have different overhead costs and challenges than an organization with the same mission in a large urban center. That's why it's really important to consider several factors when selecting organizations for your charitable donations. A lot of people immediately look to the overhead costs, but that really never tells the whole story. Right, right. Yeah, those are really great points, Nicole. So what types of questions should you ask organizations as you conduct your research and determine whether you want to support them or not? We'll cover a few questions that will help ensure that your giving is strategic, impactful, and aligned with your own philanthropic mission. So the first and most critical question you'll want to ask of an organization that you're considering is, what is their mission? A nonprofit should be able to clearly articulate its focus, its strategy, and its goals. The passion that fuels the organization should come through, as well as how your support will help to achieve its goals. 
When the organization responds with vague statements such as, quote, raising awareness of an issue, end quote, you'll often see that reflected in a lack of concrete action in its day-to-day operations. On the contrary, you can be confident that your charitable dollars are being well spent when the organization has a clear understanding of the issue it seeks to address, a well-defined beneficiary population, and actionable tactics that support its overall strategy. Another important question is, what are the organization's short- and longer-term goals? A well-run organization should be able to explain its major goals for the year and be able to show evidence that the work it is doing is effective. In addition, the organization should be able to articulate its longer-term goals. And we used to say that the longer-term goals should be three to five years out, but in our very fast-moving and ever-changing world, the barometer has actually been reduced to three years out maximum. And keep in mind that if the organization is newly formed, its goals may be the basis of a strategic action plan that it intends to execute, whereas an established organization should be able to show the results it already has achieved. And if you're dealing with a young organization, ask for data that showcases the full extent and scope of the problem and the size of the population it's looking to serve. And this will help you to decide whether or not its goals are realistic. Right. So it sounds like you first want to fully understand their mission and goals. So that's great. So what then comes next, Nicole? So a good follow-up question can then be, how does your organization measure success against each set of goals? And an established organization's metrics for success are likely to run the gamut from data gathered internally to data gathered by independent evaluators who have reported on and verified their work. And in either case, the organization should be able to articulate how it collects data and the key indicators demonstrating impact. If the organization addresses a specific need within a community or serves a particular population, it may be worth inquiring how it solicits and responds to feedback from the individuals it's actually serving. Um, Another great question is, what impact does the organization hope to make? And the impact of of a nonprofit um, is not always easy to measure. For instance, a local or regional opera house may not be able to provide exact data showing how it benefits its constituents, but we do know that arts and culture play a vital role within any thriving community. On the other hand, an organization that provides job training and job placement services should be able to show measurable results. Conversely, an organization may have several low-value activities that are easy to measure, but they're really not central to its core goals and objectives. So, for example, providing books to a school does not necessarily improve literacy unless those books and their lessons are incorporated into the curriculum in a meaningful way. Right. That's excellent. And those are really good questions for people to have uh, you know, when they're ready to start thinking about what they're going to do. So given how much competition there is out there among nonprofits, Nicole, how do you ask them to differentiate themselves for a donor's consideration? There is indeed a lot of competition and often redundancy as well. I would ask, how does your organization differ from similar nonprofits? And different nonprofit organizations addressing a similar issue might use distinct strategies and approaches to arrive at a solution. So consider which approach will resonate more with you. And just as you might expect a company in which you invest to evaluate how their performance compares to their competition, you will want the nonprofit organizations you support to continually evaluate, study, and improve upon their results. You may also want to get to know the leadership of the organization 
just like an investor in a company would want the right management in place to run the company effectively. What might be different, though, when you think about competition is that in the nonprofit sector, there could be the potential for collaboration. If you've encountered nonprofit organizations working on the same issue in the same geographical area, you might ask if they've ever worked or considered working together. Hmm. All right, so this is all really good advice, Nicole. And at the same time, we really can't ignore the fact that we are in these unprecedented times given the the COVID-19 pandemic, right? So how does this impact someone's due diligence around future vision of an organization, their future plans or even activities, given that there is so much uncertainty right now? These are indeed unprecedented times, and I will add some suggestions for the times we're, le- we're, we're living in today. But before we pivot to that, I believe it's still important to ask questions about continuity of services. Not all organizations are addressing COVID needs, but the nonprofit sector is so robust and important, and we need them to be there once we're on the other side of this. So in that spirit, I would still ask, what opportunities does the organization see in the next 12 months for achieving its mission? And if you've already been providing support to them, you should know what the organization has accomplished to date with your funding. Keep in mind that the size and specificity of the gift should be correlated to what you can appropriately expect in terms of outcomes, impact, and reporting as well. If you're considering a future gift, you will want to ensure that they have a plan in place for your additional support. Here's where you can also ask, is the organization equipped to handle changing circumstances? And this can be COVID-related or not, not necessarily. But ask the nonprofit organization how it will evaluate and adjust to changes along the way. What are the organization's plans if it reaches its target metrics early? What will the organization do if it fails to meet its funding objectives? Do they anticipate any cash flow issues or disruptions over the next year? And how will the organization stay on track for its long-term goals? Change is a constant. What you want to be able to assess is whether the organization is nimble enough and stable enough to respond and adjust accordingly. And remember that a lot can change in 12 months. Again, speaking broadly for what would have been relevant just a few weeks ago or even a few months ago. So these are still important considerations. Um, One example is the executive director that you like so much may move on to another organization or another major donor may choose to allocate their funds elsewhere. New legislation may change funding, and labor or other laws may require changes to a facility's environment, employee contracts, or even which people or communities the organization is permitted to serve. Right. Uh, so what, what should a donor ask then, Nicole, if, if they think that a nonprofit might not meet their goals or even more you know, more of a tricky question is if they're in the middle of a multi-year commitment and the organization has experienced one of those major changes that you just mentioned. You know, it's, it's interesting, Anthony, because a failure to meet all goals is not in and of itself a reason to cut funding. It's an opportunity to revisit the original deliverables and explore internal and external changes that may have had an impact on the organization and its efficiency. You might actually find that in retrospect, the goals were too ambitious too complex or not clearly defined, uh, or the current environment has changed in such a way that the population being served now has vastly different needs. Um, and again, I can't help but go back to, um, to you know, a parallel, you know, with, um, with COVID. Uh, true philanthropy is an engaged and ongoing process, and the funder and the charity should communicate often and effectively, really for an optimal partnership. Right. 
So it seems like a, you mentioned it. So it seems like a good time in the conversation now to turn specifically to the pandemic and to use a word that's probably been used a million times today. Uh, these are unprecedented times for everyone, and it's having an impact on everything. What advice, Nicole, beyond what you've already shared with us can help right now as it relates to supporting nonprofits? Well, first, my colleagues Julie Binder and Christoph Korth did a podcast on post-pandemic, post-emergency giving, which provides really great uh, content and context. In addition, here are some tips for supporting existing grantees in the near term. First, check in with them. Just find out how they're managing. Now is the time for trust-based philanthropy and deepening those relationships. Provide unrestricted funding and remove restrictions on existing grants. Suspend reporting requirements and loosen requirements on site visits uh, since they're not able to happen um, in a lot a lot of places around the country and around the globe. Uh, maintain funding levels and express express your continued commitment to them um, so that they feel confident um, in that support. Be open to learning about and supporting new organizations if they fit within your vision. And lastly, mobilize recovery grants. Uh, donors are considering whether to give now in the midst of the crisis or wait until later in the year per their typical grant-making calendar. And in the U.S., 60... 68% of donations are made in the last six weeks of the year. I'll say that again. 68% of donations are made in the last six weeks of the year. So making grants or donations earlier will help organizations at the front lines of this pandemic, but it does require a mind shift for the donor as well. And nonprofits with programs aimed at providing support across the socioeconomic spectrum will have an exponential increase in beneficiaries, especially those hardest hit by the crisis financially, which includes those who are already experiencing financial hardship, those who live paycheck to paycheck, um, have food insecurity, the elderly, and broadly the most vulnerable. So consider supporting organizations addressing the needs of these populations or those helping the frontline workers who are combating the crisis now, rather than waiting until those last six weeks of the year to make donations. And then some overall thoughts on giving now in the time of the coronavirus pandemic. Don't stop supporting organizations that are not at the front lines. We want them to still be there once this is over. And some grants might not look or feel like COVID grants, but they are helping organizations to maintain operations when funding for those organizations has been otherwise impacted or diverted because of COVID. And nonprofits really need support that is flexible and timely so that they can allocate as needed in their communities. And this is the rainy day we've all been saving for. A lot of foundations are actually using this time as a call to action, and many are increasing their payout. That's great, Nicole. That's really a lot of great information and advice that you've provided for us today. So as we're wrapping up, do you have any final tips that we should be aware of? Sure, just a few final thoughts. Uh, when you review an organization's mission, vision, and values as a donor, remember that an overall sense of positivity, enthusiasm for the mission, and low turnover may be just as important as actual metrics and as spreadsheets are in assessing the organization's future success. Overhead costs are necessary. Good programs cannot run without paying for qualified staff and investing in the infrastructure and running of the operation. So don't shy away from providing unrestricted funds that the charity can deploy as needed. A well-run organization will also be able to explain its major goals for the year and show evidence that their efforts are having an impact right now. What holds true for the most successful organizations is that they embrace continuous learning and improvement. 
But what works in one locale may not always work in another. So remember that success and impact for each may also look different. And while results matter, philanthropy is about much more than statistics and outcomes. It's about the desire to make a difference and to leave a lasting legacy. It's about putting your money to work in service of your passions, and it's about rallying your family and those you care about around your shared values. Here at UBS, our Family Advisory and Philanthropy Services team can help ensure that your funding is strategic, impactful, and aligned with your mission. So please contact your UBS financial advisor to learn how we can help you make the world a better place for your family and for everyone else's. Terrific. Thank you so much. Again, we've been speaking with Nicole Sebastian, a senior strategist within the Family Office Solutions Group, representing the Family Advisory and Philanthropy Services team. Nicole, thank you so much. It's great to be with you. Thanks for everything today. Thank you, Anthony. Thank you so much. Great. And from New York, I'm Anthony Pastore. Thanks so much for being with us, everyone. We'll speak with you soon. This presentation is for informational and educational purposes only and should not be relied upon as investment advice or the basis for making any investment decisions. Neither UBS Financial Services, Inc. nor any of its employees provide tax or legal advice. You should consult with your personal tax or legal advisor regarding your personal circumstances. In providing wealth management services to clients, we offer both investment advisory and brokerage services, which are separate and distinct and differ in material ways. For information, including the different laws and contracts that govern, visit UBS.com forward slash working with us. UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG, member FINRA, SIPC.